smoking on gas, got me slung. Chasing Z's, chasing Z's. I've been high up off my ass. Managing beans, managing beans. Flying solo, Mr. Dolo. What you mean? What you mean? Grab control and major time. Do you read? Do you read? Smoking on gas, got me slung. Chasing Z's, chasing Z's. I've been high up off my ass. Every day, never take a break, still in myself Addicted to the gold, only focused on well, still slide To my nine to five, just to buy the time Till I'm on the rise, blasting off, I'm not asher off This ain't frat rap, tell the haters fuck off I'm shining, so blinding, as a vibe got no diamonds But boy, got nothing in my wallet Spend all my green on the green quite often Still flawless, stand tall and say fuck it to me, face calling Time to ride the wave, override the shade Inhale the haze, have a lovely day Bizarros, happy Halloween. Ooh, I just had a big sky. I just recorded a great show with uh, Adam Zern, and we'll talk about him in a couple minutes and get to the interview. But I use uh, I use Skype right now because I'm too damn poor for what they charge on uh, on a Zoom. But so <laughs> I went through this whole fantastic interview with Adam, and then I go into the Skype recordings folder, and it's blank blank now i knew i knew the recorder was on i knew it was recording i knew it was recording throughout the whole interview because i monitored that somehow gone i'm like oh my god there is nothing more embarrassing as a podcaster than to have to go back to a guest and go uh <laughs> i like lost the whole interview or something so you look like a douche but Luckily, I, it needed updating. It was like a couple editions behind, so I went and did the update because nothing to lose. I just lost the whole show. And then suddenly, after I did the update, kapow, there it was. Now, it still didn't show up in the Skype recording f folder, but it was on when the Skype recording dashboard comes up. It was listed in there, and I was able to click on it and get it, and I have the whole interview. Oh, my gosh. That was scary. I know it's going to happen one day, but uh, I'm glad that day was not today. So how's everyone doing out there, wherever you're listening from throughout the world or around the corner? How's everyone doing? It's still crazy out there. It's even crazier here in the States with the election coming up and the tomfuckery and buffoonery that that's all involved in, what, no matter what side you're on, because we don't pick sides here. But uh, get out there and vote. That's the most important. Get out there and make your voice heard. But enough of that crap. So how's everyone doing? You good? You good? Um, Man, 
write into the show once in a while. Tell me why you're listening, where you're listening, where you're from. You can uh, get in touch with the show at bizarroaficionado at gmail.com and send me there. I will see it and we'll talk about you on the show. We'll say nice things, I promise. But uh, yeah, we have a really cool show today, but I want to get into some a little bit, you know, some little bit of housework here. So uh, as you may know, I had a heart attack uh, end of August. So things have been kind of, and lost my job. Uh, so things have been a little bit tight here. No, I'm not asking you all for money, but send money. No. Um, I want to thank uh, one of my best friends, Dominic Shannon. Uh, money got a little tight and then... You know, you got to pay for the pro edition of a lot of these services like Podbean, who is, you know, the host. I post the Podbean, Podbean then posts it out. Oh, now I'm beating up my microphone. Posts it out to other places like Apple or or iHeartRadio or wherever. So it got a, got a little tight there and it actually um, automatically withdrew from my account, overdrew my account when I had other bills ready to come out of there. So, uh... The show has had a lot of support from a lot of my friends, and I, I can't thank them enough from from Dan you know, out there who really got me started and was super supportive in the beginning and, you know, and still and got me a computer and software and all this stuff got me up and running and uh, to, uh, to Nick kind of helping me out with a little bit of a loan here so I can keep the show going and... Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes costs that not everybody realizes, you know, I, getting the Skype that can call an actual phone. That's a, that's a new tier. That's money. You know, if it's hosting the Podbean, now there are free ones I could use, but I like Podbean. Podbean has served me well. I just didn't know that the payment was coming when it was, but I'd like to thank, thank Nick for, uh, helping an old fart and, you know, when he needed it, but all right, enough of that mushy crap. So today we have, uh, Adam Zern and a little bit of background is, uh, I I'm really big into taking my kids and friends on adventures. I think things that we go out and do, or even if, you know, it's something other than sitting at home and watching TV or playing a video game is so valuable for, for bonding. This is, this is why people crave adventure, something more than just paying the bills and, and the doldrums of adulthood. But I, it's really important to me to take my kids on adventures. I want to build memories and uncharted Lancaster is one of the greatest resources for doing this that I've ever found. So Adam Zern started this site and we'll talk about it in the interview. But if you've never been on there, I will put the link in the show notes. It's Uncharted Lancaster. Uh, check it out. And they've got adventures for family and side quests where you can go out as a family or as friends or uncles and nephews or nieces, whatever, however you want to do it, and go out there and have a day of really cool adventuring and and learn something, too, and about the incredibly rich history of Lancaster. So I babbled on enough here. Thank you to Dan and thank you to Nick. Uh, we're a year into this and uh, we have some big things coming for season three and uh, included is moving over to YouTube. Now I'm not leaving podcasting for a vlog or video casting or anything like that, but I want to add a segment 
to to the show of doing some on location and on site video to the podcast. So it would still be in audio posted here on uh, on Podbean or Apple or wherever you know you get your fine podcasts. But uh, we're also going to have a, a YouTube presence as well. So I've got a gimbal and I'm learning how to use it. And they're going to obviously, you know, not always be two hours long like this can sometimes be, but certainly be, you know, little fun vignettes. And I will definitely be doing some with Adam up in Lancaster. So uh, again, enough of, enough of the blabble. Let's uh, blabble. That's a word. Right now, I invented it. But that's enough enough of that, and uh, let's get on to this interview, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everyone. I'm back, and uh, we have a great guest today. Uh, Lancaster County Magazine had this to say. A love of history, learning, adventure films, technology, and the great outdoors prompted Adam Zern to launch Uncharted Lancaster, a website that takes adventures off the beaten path in pursuit of Lancaster County's history, lore, and best-kept secret. He's a teacher, adventurer, historian, and hero to all of us adventure nerds. Please welcome Adam Zern. Hey, thank you, Gary. That was a great introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. So as I was talking to you a little bit before, I, I kind of stumbled upon Uncharted Lancaster on, on Facebook, and just it was like a rabbit hole. All the great adventures, the side quests, and the haunted parts, because Lancaster seems to have a pretty extensive haunted history. It does. Um, you know, I, everywhere has these little haunted stories, but it's interesting. So much of it isn't written down like so many other you know, oral traditions. And so it, it's been neat to just kind of research that and kind of get it into some kind of coherent form where it's all written down and, you know, combing through old newspaper articles. And I'm amazed at how many of them seem to actually have this, this, this grain of truth to it that I'm like, Oh, look at that. Cause I I'd call myself a skeptic, maybe an optimistic skeptic. Sure. Um, I have one story where supposedly there's a phantom buggy that rides the stretch of road between uh, Lancaster and New Danville. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and supposedly he ran into the rocks, possibly on purpose maybe not who knows but you know every night around midnight you can supposedly see him there and I, and I could totally see people thinking that with a lot of Amish here so seeing a horse and buggy even now in 2020 is a is a pretty common thing but you know I had a I posted that this year and, and I had someone comment and said you know I think that might have been my great great grandfather wow. and he had committed suicide possibly but instead of driving into the rocks the horse and buggy went into the conestoga there and he drowned like right in that oh spot and, and i was like well there, there is a grain of truth to that story you know i'm not saying there's definitely a ghost but definitely someone died right there that's what's really uh, so, fascinating with folklore because when you when you get down to like the bare grit of it and you start looking at it, there 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 is a truth there somewhere you know because you get a lot of these these hauntings that are the same uh, certain headless horseman um, stories or crybaby bridge stories, and there, there's got to be a grain of truth to one of them. Right. Maybe, Absolutely. like you said, maybe not a ghost, but an event that that led to that. And the 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 buggy story reminds me. Now, there's a uh, a headless horseman story of a guy returning from the pub, wasn't it? The had to be home by right. midnight. 
Right. So in Ironville, which is just a, a few miles uh, outside of Columbia, and apparently he'd like to go drinking a lot, and his wife was not happy about that. And as they, uh, yeah. at, <laughs> as they usually are. And he had promised to be home by midnight, and that clock's getting close to striking 12. And his friends are like, hey, weren't you going to be home by midnight? And he stands up and says, I'll be in Columbia by midnight or I'll be in hell. And he jumps on his horse and off he goes. And he's probably had one too many drinks. I don't know about the horse (laughs) he has. And supposedly right there is that clock strike at midnight. Uh, the horse ducks going under a branch at a curve, but he doesn't see it and, you know, ends up killing him. Oh, my goodness. And supposedly, at you know, close to midnight, you can hear the horse galloping, you know, down the road in this uh, on this way to a Columbia outside of Ironville. Oh, that's great. Just getting on your site and learning that, that rich history. Now, it's Lancaster. We all know there's plenty of history there, but just how cool and fascinating it is now. There, there was some a pretty crazy event that happened. Uh, was it in Shanks Ferry or was it Bowsman's Hollow or are they the same town sure. roughly? It's about the same. So Shanks Ferry is that area down there. And, and before the interview, you had talked about hiking down there. And then there's sort of a ravine area, and that mm. typically goes by the name of Bosman Hollow. Okay. And are you? Are you yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and are you referring to the uh, dynamite factory? Yes. And that's a great one. I mean, there's no haunted story there but it is definitely a prime to be a haunted tale and and be it sometimes you know reality is much scarier than than any ghost story uh so you know you were talking earlier about you know hiking on the one of the one of those adventures and it's on the uh, anola low grade and you know that started in 1903 and a dynamite factory sprung up pretty close by to you know produce the dynamite for making the anola low grade which is like this modern feat of engineering, uh, it's got no more than a 1% grade up or down the entire 29-mile stretch. Perfect. And no more <laughs> than, a, uh, I think, a 3% curve anywhere along the way. And they oh, just wow. – you could never do this today. Like they just leveled mountains. So if there was a yeah. ravine or a valley, they just filled it in. Oh and if there was a hill, they just blew it up, you know, and just carved their way. I mean there's spots that are 100 and you know, 20 feet deep, uh, they oh just blasted through the rock to level it, and like 200 guys died along the way. But but anyway, you need dynamite to to do all of this, this three year project. And sure. and, and so there was this dynamite factory set up there, and and it blew up one day. Now, just before we kind of get to that part of the story, like apparently back then, like you would build a new dynamite factory, which is really more of just a shed somewhere in the woods, <laughs> right. one to two years. Because like the explosive powders would like settle in the floor and settle in the walls and would just sort of prime the whole place for an explosion. Mm-hmm. And supposedly the the guys there had written the management and said, hey, it's it's been two years and, and we need a new place. And so whether that was, you know, uh, on the schedule to happen or was just being ignored because the the job there, at, you know, the low grade was like basically done. Like, eh, we can you know, we can limp through for a few more months. It'll right. be fine. Uh, so on. June 9th, 1906. So at this point, the Alola grade is entirely done, and they had started producing dynamite for the uh, Holtwood Dam, which is just a few miles south on the Susquehanna. At 1242, 2,500 pounds of dynamite just exploded. And then a few minutes later, the glycerin, the nitroglycerin house, exploded too. And 
11 guys died. 10 of them basically like vaporized. Right. Uh, I, I found some old newspaper articles and they had pulled a lot of the workers, which were mostly like immigrant um, laborers off the Enola low grade job and had them combing through the woods there. And they, one of them if quoted the newspaper referred to it as like picking chestnut picking. And oh that's, my God. But that's like the size body parts they were oh. finding. And they just, put 10 of these guys in like a dynamite crate box, which I think might look like a, you know, an apple crater or something sized thing. And they buried them at the the church nearby. And I've, I've run that article a few times and I've had multiple people comment and say, uh, my great grandfather's brother died and they only knew it was him because they found a piece of, of scalp with red hair. And he was the only guy on the crew that had red hair. Or another guy, we, they knew it was him because he had like a tattoo on his arm and they found a piece of this arm with some tattoo on it. So they think oh, that was Lord. him. And so it just, and there's a picture right before the dynamite factory and you, before the explosion, you can see the factory and the trees and there's a picture from the next day and it is just all the trees are like, you know, facing outwards from the blast. Sure. And the buildings just, you know, vaporized and, and it was, it was crazy. So yeah, 11 guys. Just kind of, you know, more or less vaporized. They found body parts like 300 yards away and trees. So that's a pretty grisly, gruesome tale. And, and as far as I can tell, it's still like the worst tragedy here in Lancaster County. You made it into this really fun kind of family adventure to get out there and learn about it, which I thought was really cool to figuring out the code on uh, using the tombstone. And what a fun way to learn. You know, I'm, I'm it, 49 years old and I do these and I feel like I'm 11 or 12 you know, acting out the Goonies. You know, I have so much exactly. fun with them. And, uh, the whole thing got started because there is uh, a cemetery out out there pretty close to the dynamite factory. And someone at work, I walk the dogs every day, and someone's like, oh, have you seen this this cemetery? And I was like, no. And and they're like, oh, there's this old abandoned cemetery in the woods. You should check it out. And, and you know, I Googled it and found nothing. And that was like one of the first times where, like, you you know, you Google something and there isn't 1.2 million entries on the topic right and i found like some vague description they're like so you, you, you turn off the railroad tracks and you cross a stream and you go up a hill and you'll find it well that, that's pretty <laughs> vague and there's like right. i said there's a lot of railroad tracks and there's lots of streams back there and i spent months and months looking for it and the dogs and i would go out and hike and, and bushwhack and you know, I finally found it, you know, along along the way, like I read about this dynamite factory and, and all the other stories that were involved. And I thought people would really enjoy like sort oh, of yeah. having this similar experience that I had looking for it, probably in a shorter time scale than months. But, you know, maybe just a Saturday afternoon. Right. And that's kind of how that whole idea got you know born was out of that. Like um, now, of course, what I didn't know at the time was that cemetery was on private property. Oh, <laughs> so, Did they complain? I knew that. Uh, yeah, they did after Aww. a while once they found out. So I, I had to take that off the off the tour right. uh, there. But um, that was one of the, I now have an app that tells me where property lines are. So I try oh, to geez, avoid. That's great. Yeah, I try to avoid that now when we're on an adventure. Yeah, I may or may not cross a boundary line here or there if it <laughs> if it gets me to where I'm going. But, yeah. Jeez, uh, that's fantastic. And it. Uh, one of the other places that, or other stories that really got me was the uh, the White Werewolf and the Full Moon Curse of Shock Graveyard. Yeah, that's a great story. And uh, tonight, well, at least we're you know recording this right now, and it's you know October thirty first, and it's right. it's a full moon tonight, which is which is pretty cool. So this might be a, a good chance, and it's a blue moon. 
yes. on Halloween, which is extra spooky. And, and uh, the blue, blue moons only happen about every two and a half years. So when someone says once in a blue moon, that's what that really means. Once about every two and a half years. I have a whole list uh, but, of things that need to go on then. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So right outside of, of Marietta, there's this little tiny you know, cemetery. Uh, it might be 40 by 60. Uh, and there's a couple weird things about it. One is there's just this, this stone wall that goes all around it. And that, that isn't too weird, except there's no gate or entry or yeah. opening. So you have to kind of scramble over this three to four foot tall huh. stone wall, depending on where you get in. So that's that's a little odd, sort of one of those, well, what are you keeping in or keeping out right. uh, type. And so the legend is if you walk around that cemetery, like on the wall, seven times under the light of the moon, supposedly this white werewolf guards the, the cemetery. And, and again, the, the stories kind of vary on who tells it. But, you know, one of the, the, the people who were buried there was bitten by a werewolf or was a werewolf and then was killed. But, you know, it seems to come back. And if, but if you walk around the cemetery seven times under a full moon, you'll be dead by dawn. Is the is the legend? So uh, I'm in no rush to test it. uh, Right, (laughs) right. I can't. You know the uh, the outcome. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a motivator. But is it is the is the graveyard attached to a church or is it just like a community non attached graveyard? Yeah, I had just, and I can't remember now. I had just read between the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard, and one's attached to a church and and one is not. I, I, I get it messed up every time. Yeah. Uh, and I read that and I was like, oh, that's, I should try and remember that because that's an interesting fact. But, uh, yeah, it's just out there on a road in the woods. So I think it, it's just sort of a family plot. Uh, uh, right. You know, a variety of relatives are, are in there. Interesting. It may have to be done at some point. <laughs> yeah. For science, oh, yeah. you know, for science. For science. That's right. <laughs> Somebody else. I'll be the. I'll be the scientist who observes it. Someone else can go and test their luck. Like I said, I'm I'm a skeptic, but there's no sense in being stupid either. I, yeah, well, I, I think you need to stay skeptical, at least to a certain degree, or you're going to be chasing every quote-unquote orb and, and oddity that comes around, and you'll miss what you're actually looking for. So you've you got to have a little bit of discernment in there. Not that it's, I think a werewolf is going to show up, but you right. know, who knows? And that's the problem of all these haunted tales. You know, in the world of science, it has to be repre- repeatable. Like if you mix these two chemicals together, this always happens. You know, right. it, but it, with the supernatural, it it just doesn't work that way. It happens once. It never happens again. It happens once in a while. There's just no way to you know to make these things repeatable. So it's it's pretty hard to to prove them. You know, from a scientific perspective. Oh, 100 percent. Now, also in Shanks Ferry, uh, when we had. Uh, talked back and forth in email. You had mentioned a uh, a tunnel, a tunnel that has a haunting. Yeah, so there's this huge tunnel, and it, again, it goes under the Anoa Low Grade. When they built that between 1903 and 1906, it crossed like uh, either crossed 30 or sorry 80 streams or these ravines that needed bridges. So there are bridges and and tunnels. Uh, either going under the railroad or or had to go over the railroad that they had mm-hmm. to build. So anywhere there was a stream, they had to to build one. Sure. Uh, or in this case, like a road getting down to a, a community. Now you were down there, and and today Shanks Ferry is known as a, a famous wildlife preserve, and and people will come, you know, from Washington D.C. And, and even farther in the spring to come and see all the wildflowers there. And and it's easy to forget or hard to imagine that you know. Um, 
back in the 1800s, like there was a vibrant community there. Yeah. And there was a, quite a community even up until like the 1940s. And and in fact, the forest there is relatively new. It really only dates back to the, the 1970s. There was uh, a school. There was really right down where you park below the tunnel. There's there used to be a, a big hotel and there was, you know, the, hence the name. There was a uh, Henry Shanks and he had a ferry crossing right there. And so you could go back and forth to the York side. And so there was there's a huge community because a lot of people are just like, why is there this ginormous two car wide tunnel in the middle of the woods to right. get down here? And, and that's why there was a, a big community down there. There was uh, some ironworks. There was a coal dredging operation on the Susquehanna. So, you know, there, there was this big community and, and I think it used to get a, a lot of traffic as people, you know, went down that tunnel to get to Shanks Ferry and then keep going down to Peckway back in the day. Uh, but legend says that this tunnel is haunted by this, you know, this white ghost, this white angel, uh, depending on who's telling the story. And you can supposedly summon her. You park your car. In the center of the tunnel, you know, the closer to midnight, the better as all those haunted stories go. And you get out of the car and you, you know, you put your keys on the roof and you walk around it three times. And uh, people take this seriously because they'll message me and ask, do I go clockwise or counterclockwise? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, I'm not sure. You may be able to do it both ways. Try them both. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get report back. Uh, and so you walk around it three times and then you get back in the car and, and supposedly your car then will not start is, is part of it. But if you do it right and you just wait there in the car, this this white angel will appear there in the tunnel. Um, sometimes she's just, you know, sort of the asper, you know, just ghost that walks by. Um, sometimes she's sort of hanging from the top of the arch. Some stories say she hung herself. Uh, the one version says that, you know, her husband left her at the altar or, or died somehow the night before. And so she went there and, you know, hung herself in the tunnel. Uh, another version is that she was killed in the tunnel, whether on the way to the wedding by, by a jealous, you know, lover or she and her new husband had a quarrel on the way home. And again, you know, was murdered there in the, in the tunnel. You have another version says that her husband died in the tunnel, perhaps murdered. And her spirit just kind of, you know, lurks there forever, kind of mourning his death. And so there's a, a variety wow. of, of, of stories there. But if you, you know, do that, walk around your car three times and wait, she, she appears. Sometimes she's, you know, not too happy and, and people report kind of being chased out of there. Um, you know, I was saying earlier about that, that grain of truth. So, you know, I wrote the story and I, I published it and there's some Facebook groups that I put it on that, you know, where people seem to enjoy these things and, this uh, retired train engineer uh, messaged me and he messaged me in the past. He always anything train related that I'd ever talked about. He always seemed to have a lot of information that I couldn't find. And he would sort of fill in some holes for me and I could, you know, add out, right, sure. add that to these stories. So he messages me about that and says, he said, well, actually, what happened was in 1974, uh, a train hit a woman, you know, directly above that tunnel or really, really close to it. And he said, you know, obviously the, the, the man driving the train had no, no idea. A train would never notice it. But uh, one of the a conductor was just in the back of the caboose getting some air, probably having a cigarette since it was the 70s. Right. And noticed this, you know, mangled body there uh, along the side. And so oh, they wow. investigated it and it turned out to be this woman and she was from Maryland and supposedly she was like an escaped 
from, you know, a, a mental hospital. And she, all she was wearing was sort of like her hospital gown and some moccasins. And she had been killed, you know, in that spot. Now, he said the railroad worked really hard to keep that hush hush and out of the newspapers wow. because I looked, I, I couldn't find anything in, in the Lancaster papers from back in that time period. But so. So, again, a possible, you know, grain of truth to that story uh, that does kind of work because I can't find any references to the ghost dating, you know, way back. And they have right. all of them seem to be kind of post 1970s stories. So, you know, again, there could definitely be so some kind of some comes grain out of, truth of that, to that cover up by what would it have been? Penhurst? Would that have been the closest uh, one? I'm trying to. Penhurst. Uh, it could be. He didn't yeah. say that'd be a good thing. I should look into that and see what would be like the closest place that she could have gotten she could have come from but yeah wow, that's really because there is a railroad track just below there right. um that, that goes right up you know from baltimore and stuff so you could easily just kind of like you know Get hitch a ride follow that out, yeah follow tracks and at that point you know hop it another sure. one and get up there and so you know, definitely some possibility that that's true yeah absolutely yeah lancaster is a fantastic place i mean then you I miss PA in that. I mean, we do have our own little things here in Delaware, but not the richness that uh, the PA has up there. So that's why I come up there to <laughs> to do adventure, because I can do all the adventures here in Delaware in about a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but people love these stories of uh, jilted lovers or love gone wrong. So that, that brings me to Chickie's Rock, which seems to have a uh, not only be a lover's leap, sort of folklore to it but it also seemed to have the curse of three witches as well yeah that columbia is just a rich place in history um it originally was called wright's uh ferry oh, after okay. john wright who would you know, i would say is a good contender for possibly like you know lancaster's founding father right there but and they actually changed the name to Columbia in a bid to become the capital of the United States and oh, Columbia wow. missed it by one vote. Oh which is, wow, I did not know that. Two Pennsylvania, I think it was senators, could have gotten their act together and they each voted for a different place in oh, Pennsylvania man. and it ended up going to Washington. And I was like, oh, these, you know, if these guys could have gotten their act together, Columbia right, would have been it was already set. So I mean, they even like you know put aside the this this big chunk, like where the theoretical, the capital would go. They were working hard and planning all that out. But so, but Columbia is an old, old town there. I mean, it was, it was the gateway to the frontier in the early 1700s. I mean, the Susquehanna river really marked just like the Mississippi and St. Louis, you know, the gateway to the West, like in the early 1700s, the Susquehanna river in that spot was like, all right, this is sort of the end of civilization right here. And then everything West is, this untamed wilderness and and a lot of native americans in that area before any white settlers came and and again just even more than on the other side you know at that point so there's a lot of history and haunted history in that columbia area but the um so that chickie's rock is this beautiful spot you can go and 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 hike and, and there's just a lot of haunted legend there i mean there's always a couple suicides you know Every few years, someone jumps off of there. They've got a mm. fence up there now to kind of put the kibosh on that a little bit. Sometimes people fall off by accident a lot less today now that they have a fence. Uh, but the but the story is uh, this early settler and uh, had fallen in love with this Native American uh, girl, and he was she was sort of betrothed to one of the the 
the warriors there in in the tribe, and they'd gone off and were whether they were trading or hunting or warring with a with another group is kind of unsure. But while he was gone, the girl and the and the settler had fallen in love. And when he comes, the the warrior finally comes back. He you know wants to kind of regale her with all of his tales of travel and history and all that. And so he sort of takes her up there on this moonlit night, and he's going to tell her all this, and you know going to maybe propose to her. And she, of course, rebuffs him because while he's gone, he, she's fallen in love with this this white man. And so he gets pretty mad and starts to shake her or yelling. Well, the, the settler had kind of trailed the two up the hill to you know, keep an eye on things. And so as this altercation starts, he hops out of the bushes and confronts the, the Native American. And he ends up uh, grabbing the Native American warrior there, grabs the, the girl, and he drags her off the cliff with them to their wow. death they and they fall off and again there's some variations sometimes the three of them fall off sometimes the the two men get fall off in the scuffle and then she jumps off you know in sadness after the two of them type of thing but supposedly you can you know you can hear this a woman scream from the top uh, on occasion and some people think it's you know her ghost screaming on the way down or screaming you know, after her, you know, lover has been thrown from the, the top of the cliff. So that's that's definitely that. Um, and then there's these three witch sisters, which, which is a great. You got to have three a great witch sisters. Nothing's complete. Yeah. Do you have the three witch sisters? One witch is bad, but three is, you know, just diabolical. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, All I that picture really is them the going, ending. the eye, give us the eye. <laughs> exactly. A little Macbeth action there. Right. <laughs> So um, is three it, it, sisters. And it's interesting, again, just this whole idea of women being witches is a, a pretty sad story anywhere in the United States. Like, especially right. when you look at Salem witch trials, if you, you know, uh, accuse someone of being a witch and you can prove it, which is isn't real difficult. They, you know, one of those like Monty Python. All right. If, if, uh, she floats, she's a witch because <laughs> right. wood is, witches are made of float and wood is made of witches and it'll, you know, or they drowned. Right. <laughs> You're like, Oh, I guess she wasn't a witch. Well, good. She'll go to heaven now, I guess. <laughs> but you could, you could, uh, if you were accused of witchcraft and found guilty, you could claim their, la- you could take yeah. their land. So it's easy land grab operation so if you wanted their land for whatever reason you could kind of make those accusations and oftentimes you know walk away with it and so that's right. often what a lot of that often boiled down to so it kind of works in this story here uh the the trolley system there's a trolley that went from marietta to columbia and they had a uh, they wanted there's a park uh, like a little music park they were in the plot process of putting up there and you know the trolley line was buying up all the land and everyone was selling except for these three sisters who refused. So as corporations do, they go to the courts and they get it or the government and get it taken by eminent domain. Right. You know, which is, which is great <laughs> for <Yeah>. them. <laughs> and of course, these ladies don't go quietly. They, you know, they put a curse on the land and uh, before they leave. And, and so, you know, that doesn't seem to be too big of a deal until, you know, just a few years later, there's this horrible trolley accident on August 9th, 1896 where this overloaded trolley, kind of like the last trolley of the night from the, the like the amusement park they had up there, is leaving. And it's a steep grade down into uh, Columbia. And so this thing is, you know, overloaded with people. 
and it had just rained, and that was part of the delay. There had been a big thunderstorm, so they couldn't run the trolleys during the, the thunderstorm, and so the tracks are wet. And then apparently, like, there was this 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 plague of potato bugs. Now, I'd never <laughs> heard of a potato bug, really, but they oh, are yeah. tiny, like, little penny-sized Little striped potato. beetle. Yes. Yeah, I remember them from being a kid. I haven't seen one since B.A., and they had just apparently coated the tracks. And so this, oh, wow. this trolley's coming down the, the tracks. It's steep. It's wet. And there's all these bugs. And the brakes just do not work with the, between the combination of these three things. And so the trolley just kind of flies down the tracks, misses the curve, jumps the tracks right there. You know, six people die. 68 more people are injured wow. in this trolley accident. And a lot of people pin it on those three witches because the trolley line had taken the right. – uh, and there was, of course, lawsuits. And it, it basically you know, de- bankrupted the company by the, by the end of all of that. Huh. So it makes you wonder. <laughs> so, makes so you wonder. Bad accidents or you know, these three witches there conspiring right. between thunderstorms and potato bugs? Or is it just human like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have – I mean, right there between the six and the sixty-eight, you're at you know seventy-four people. Sounds like they're <laughs> right. An <laughs> overloaded trolley. A lot of twenty-person trolley or something. But yeah. Oh my goodness. Now, now Philly in Philly, they talk of a lover's leap that has a similar story, and but they never mention where the rot, where the actual leap is, other than I think they say it's near or off Henry's at Henry Avenue. Okay. And uh, so that's another one there. I don't, I'm not sure how old you are. When I was little, there was this place called, God, I think it was like the land of make believe. Something like that. It was like a little, a little, uh, you know, like Dorney Park kind of thing, but okay, certainly yeah. not as grand. But everything was based on like fairy tale and local legend. And I remember they also had a spot you could go and it talked about an, Indian maiden, and for some reason she jumped off this leap. So that that story is prominent throughout throughout uh, Pennsylvania, which is fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's again one of those examples where you kind of see those little stories, and they, there's you know similarities all over the place. It makes me think it's got to be true at least one place that must have happened, you know, to oh, kind yeah. of well, create this story. Sure. And, you know, they're still happening, sadly, today at different places. We have uh, uh, Alapocas Cliffs, which is uh, one of the state parks. And uh, luckily that hasn't happened, knock on wood, in a long time. But uh, people have fallen and or jumped from there as well. But um, now, one thing you don't think about in Lancaster, but it happened everywhere for years, was public hangings. Oh, that's Yeah. And, uh, and I believe you guys have a gall or Lancaster has a gallows hill as well. It does. It does. We during the uh, the quarantine, uh, we went all over the place and just kind of visited these, you know, obscure sites. And and at one point we we went over there to see Gallows Hill. Uh, and my wife said, I remember sledding here as a kid. <laughs> like, well, That's a much a better memory. Yeah, because she didn't know. And, and I said, well, it's the highest place in Lancaster City, the Gallows Hill, which is why you would do it there. And and I've had some people comment like that's just so morbid. Like, why would people go and do it? And, you know, a couple I mean, hey, there's no TV. There's no radio. Yeah. You know, at best you've got a newspaper. It's you know, it's an event. You know, it, again, it's and again, this whole like morbid 
public execution has been around for forever. You oh, know, you think for about sure. it. It's just what people did. Um, and so they used to hang people there in Lancaster at Gallows Hill, which is right on the F&M campus. And you can go over there. It's in a, it's a, it's a Buchanan Park today. And you can, you know, walk to the top of Gallows Hill. There's a big old oak tree there at the top and you kind of look around. So, uh, so there's that. Um, eventually later they, they moved it as like, I think sort of that Puritan belief system started to really sure. take hold. They moved it to downtown Lancaster to where the Fulton is today. Mm. Uh, and at the time that was like the workhouse. And, and so there was like a small prison there and then the workyard. And so they moved it inside of, of that spot. And again, that right. would be like where the Fulton theater is, which is the oldest continually operated, you know, theater in the United States. I don't know what, COVID does with that since sure. it's you know closed right now. But right, right. Uh, and they they moved it in there and that limited the number of people that you could see it. But you know, from what I've read, people would, you know, just kind of get on the roof of the neighboring buildings and and kind of watch the the public hangings mm. there. And that's when they weren't, you know, you know, having people on display or whipping them uh, at Center Square, Penn Square today, there outside right. the courthouse where they would have the the pillory and, and all that stuff for people for, you know, you know, women talking too much and all their, you know, arcane <laughs> right. things that they, <laughs> that they used to, you know, punish people for back in the day. But eventually they moved the public hangings to the current, uh, when the prison moved there on King street up a bit, they moved them there. And, and again, that was just for like prison, you know, uh, officials. And then I think kind of like today with, you know, executions, like, you know, the immediate family or the family that's been wrong to kind of come in and watch it. And, and so there was this man in the last hanging in Pennsylvania occurred on May 23rd, 1912. And if I remember right, the gentleman, I think was a horse thief and he definitely had a, a long rap sheet type of thing, but he, you know, he was tried and convicted and it took about five months before they were ready to hang him. And apparently, you know, prison food agreed with him and he put on like 50 pounds during the time <laughs> that he was, there and again, this is probably in a time where people, you know, maybe if they ate a meal, especially someone in that situation, a meal right. a day might be good. But now suddenly you're getting three meals a day, and you know this isn't too bad. Nothing to do. Um, and I think what people don't realize is there's like a real science behind hanging a person. Right. I mean, in the movies and the westerns, you know, they just throw a rope over a tree and they string the guy up, and you know that'll do it. But it's it's kind of slow and painful, and yeah, you, you strangle to death. So you know you get the guy's weight. And so the gallow, you know, has to be a certain height off the ground or the person needs to fall a certain height. And right. The goal is to snap their neck so they, they die instantly. That's, you know, so it's a humane, quote unquote, death. If you sure. do it wrong, if it's too far of a fall, the guy's head pops off. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so that doesn't go over well. And if the fall isn't long enough, the guy slowly suffocates to death, which, mm. again, is not the goal. Right. It, and so he so apparently either the person doing the calculations did it wrong or the weight gain, you know, played a big role. Like they waited when they got there and, you know, they didn't bother to weigh him again at the end. And, and maybe it's just Lancaster and being frugal. So they, they get <laughs> up one last time because right. it was all talk of getting rid of public, uh, you know, getting rid of uh, hangings and moving to something else like uh, electrocution because uh, that oh, works. That'll be time. much better. Yeah, <laughs> that's much better. And they they string him up there and they they pull a lever and son of a gun that rope snaps. Oh. Uh, he hits the end and he is laying on the ground moaning, um, 
because like it, it hasn't snapped his neck quite. He's still obviously alive and he's just right. kind of reeling on the ground. So it takes him like 30 more minutes to find a new rope oh. and they have to like lash him to a board because he's unable to like stand upright. So it's oh, maybe no. like broken his back or, or something. Right. And so finally 30 minutes later, they hang him a second time and that seems to, to take. And of course there's reporters there and they write up this, this gruesome grisly tale. And the next day the, the legislator in Pennsylvania, you know, permanently banned, you know, hangings in the state. Oh it was gosh. coming, but that, that really put the nail in the coffin on that because yeah. they pushed it so bad. Wow. Now are there, do they, both at the theater and up, up on the original Gallows Hill, do they have stories of hauntings up there or is it pretty uh, benign? They, not the, um, so at Gallows Hill, Effingham has, has some haunted stories, and the bell will ring sometimes when it's not supposed to, oh, and, wow. and people talk about you know seeing some some spirits. The Fulton Theater supposedly is is pretty haunted, um, and, and that's a which could be all the public hangings they did there because they right. they did in that area, and then. And or a combination of both, it could be the last of the Conestoga Indians when the Paxton boys came in, um, I believe it was December. Oh, I think it was December 23rd or mm -hmm. December 26th. Now I'm drawing a blank on the right date there. Um, but they, so two weeks prior, these Paxton boys in 1763 uh, had been attacked multiple times by some Native American groups. Now, they were basically had sort of moved on to this Native American land and probably had not been treating any of the Native Americans in that area well. And these the Indians kind of came in and attacked them a couple times. And and the Paxton boys there, the residents up there couldn't seem to figure out quite who it was, but they did know that there was a group of Conestoga Indians living here in Lancaster County, um, basically peaceful and by themselves. So Let's go take our frustrations out on, on oh, these guys. Of course. Of course. And so this is mid-December. And so about 50 of these Paxton boys, and they're really just, when I say boys, it's more men and, and stuff. But they right. they go down there to this village. And this is like the last of the Susquehannock Indians. And, and these are the Indians that John Smith wrote about when he you know went up, got to the Chesapeake and went up the Susquehanna River and yeah. just talked about these, these giant men. And... Um, we like to, you know, the stories you'd make you think that maybe they're seven feet tall. But again, if you think back to John Smith, when the average European was, you know, low five foot, maybe five and a half and you show right. up and these guys are eating like gross bread and just, you know, awful <laughs> other things crossing the Atlantic like that. And, and they get here and there's these lean, you know, Native Americans that are taller, eating a high protein yeah. diet game like they, they must have looked like you know unbelievably strong giant oh, yeah. men but you know basically over the course of the time of you know john the european settlers getting here in like the mid 1700s disease and and white settlers you know basically decimated the the nation down to about 20 and at this point they were called the the conestoga indians but there was about 20 of them left in this this village. Most of them had, you know, white names and, you know, went to church and stuff. Uh, and so these Paxton boys show up in the morning and it had snowed pretty heavy the night before. So half of the group, about four, well, even more than half, about 14 had gotten stuck outside of the village and had sort of spent the night at a, at a barn there. 
But these Paxton boys showed up and they killed the six Native Americans that were there in the in the village and oh, kind of wow. burned it all down and uh, and then left. And so, of course, the next day, the, the remaining tribe shows up and they see this. And, and, you know, Lancaster had been pretty friendly to the Native Americans, or at least as far as, you know, white settlers are going to be at that time. And they put them in protective custody at the, the Lancaster jail there, which is, you know, now the Fulton, to you know, kind of keep them safe. And so, you know, but they're, they're about two weeks. Word trickles back to the Paxton boys that they didn't get them all and they're there. And so they come back a second time. And they did it. I, I believe it was. Yeah, it was December 26th because uh, it was like East, it was Christmas Sunday, basically. And so everyone's right. in church. They ride into town. Uh, you know, the jailer's there. But, you know, these 50 armed guys show up and he just kind of steps out of the way and, and lets them in. And, and these guys just brutally murder all of the Native Americans there oh. you know, at the work yard. And then they, you know, and they they ride off. Um, I mean, there was definitely some outrage from you know, Lancaster residents sure. and, and the governor, they put out a you know, reward for these men's arrest, but no one was ever, you know, tried or convicted, or I don't think even charged, even though everyone had a real good idea who it was. That was just one of those unfortunate things of the time. And so these last 14 Conestoga Indians were, were brutally murdered right there in the, you know, what basically the basement of the, the fold. And if you go around wow. to the back, building on water street some of the original stonework from the the workhouse is there they have a little plaque that you know says right. what happened and uh on that spot a lot of people talk about you know being at the fulton and ghosts definitely being there whether they're these native americans or the the men that had been hung or you know, even just theater ghosts at the time so lots of ghosts like right there at the uh right there in that area in, in lancaster that is fantastic. I really have to research that theater more and get up there and check that out because I had no idea that there was that much that had happened right there in the center of town. That is fantastic. It's it's easy to forget. You look, it's this beautiful building. You know, it's got yeah. you know, Robert Fulton statue of him on the on the side there. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Like William Booth performed there. Oh wow! Uh, actually, not William Booth. John Wilkes Booth John, right. uh, performed there. Yeah, you know, Abraham Lincoln's assassin, sure. assassin there performed. Uh, you know, Mark Twain was there. It was, it was like the place to perform. Again, people forget like Lancaster's the oldest yeah. inland city in the United States. And it was just, you know, one of the places that, you know, if you were a big actor, like, well, you, you got to go play Lancaster. That's one right. of the places you got to go and do. Um, even just half a block away on, on West King Street, uh, the ghost of John Reynolds is supposedly wow. walks up and down. King Street, and he's he was one of the first to die at Gettysburg on the first day, oh, and he wow. is kind of credited with starting the conflict. And right. so, um, you know, we know that they burned the bridge there in the longest covered bridge, I think, in the world. It was about a mile long. They burned it because oh, they were wow. worried that Southern Confederate forces were coming that way, which they were, and you know they're going to cross the the river and you know and, and move into Lancaster and and just you know keep going and yeah. and so burn the bridge to stop them. And that's kind of how those Southern forces end up at Gettysburg. And wow. so Reynolds I didn't, know is, that. I didn't know any of that. That's great. Uh, yeah. They have a big like annual burning of the bridge, you know, celebration there in, in Columbia. And that really kind of changed, you know, one of those alternate histories, like, wow, if they hadn't burned the bridge, you know, what, what could have happened? Like yeah. gone. I mean, they could have, you know, destroyed Lancaster, uh, you know, who knows? 
So um, the forces are there in Gettysburg. John Reynolds is there with his army, and he sees what's happening. He, like he's a master statistician and strategist, and, and can see that if you know if those Southern forces get the hills here, this battle is over. And so he basically orders his men to attack, and he kind of starts starts the battle of Gettysburg, and he is supposedly. Uh, killed by a Confederate sharpshooter as he's leading his men into battle on the horse. And so he's one of the first to die and he's the highest ranking official on either side to die at, at Gettysburg. So his, if that hadn't happened, what was supposed to happen was he was going to meet, uh, his secret fiance. And so he had engaged to, uh, a Lancaster resident. Uh, but the reason they were keeping it secret was one of them was Catholic and one of them was Protestant. Oh, and for so shame. Add on <laughs> the, you know, the DL. I know exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Uh, the scandal. And so they were keeping that on the DL and Reynolds house is right there at uh, 42 West King street. Uh, it's now okay. a younger group and that uh, he was born and lived there. And, you know, so the, the plan was after the battle, he was going to come back to Lancaster and meet his fiance, and they were going to get married then shortly after and, you know, live happily ever after. And but unfortunately, that did not happen. And so news gets back to Lancaster and, you know, and she is inconsolable because she shows up at the house where he's, you know, kind of lying and at the wake and, you know, and. And, you know, she's so upset. And so she explains what was, you know, they had planned to marry and, and all of that. But supposedly, you know, you can see his ghost walking up King Street on occasion, perhaps on his way to see her huh. uh, where she lived, as he had promised, you know, all those 160 some years ago. Wow. Yeah, I really need to get up there. That was great. Yeah, there's there's so much history in Lancaster that I don't know. I didn't know any of that about Gettysburg. So, uh God, you could just you could have an adventure just down King Street, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Lancaster is you know is an amazing city. Like we didn't have you know obviously the Civil War battles, we didn't have any you know battles you know during the Revolution here, but like Lancaster like helped supply a lot of materials and arms and food uh, to these you know different groups there during the Revolution when. when the you know the war first started, we were one of the first groups to send men up to uh, Massachusetts and and help there the Lancaster Riflemen. Uh, so you know Lancaster's been a hotbed of you know American patriot spirit. You know the uh, correspondence of safety, some of these revolutionary groups that kind of usurped command and control from you know British authorities during the Revolutionary met in some of these places in, in Lancaster during that time. Uh, so yeah, just so much rich and storied history there whether haunted or just, you know, American history is, is pretty yeah. neat. Mister. Yeah. I'll give, we'll do one more. Cause I know it's getting, getting kind of late and you gotta, you gotta get running too, but, uh, you can't have Halloween without, you know, haunted mansion story. So could you tell me about the haunting of Gonder mansion? Yeah. Gonder mansion is in Strasburg and it is possibly the most beautiful house there. I mean, which is saying a lot cause there is some beautiful architecture. Oh, yeah on Main Street in in Strasbourg. And so this railroad tycoon uh, lived, I was trying to pin it down through historical historical records, a little difficult, whether it was across the street or next door, but really close. They lived in the house, and this railroad tycoon was having this, this unbelievably beautiful mansion built. 
And he was married and had some children and his sister lived with them. And, and again, this is the time where, you know, I, I think if a woman like that wasn't married, you would probably have your sister live with you. Some of the reports that she might have uh, had some special needs, you know, you know, possibly autistic or or something along those lines. So that might have been the more the reason that she lived there. But he had this beautiful mansion built and the wife just refused to have her move into the house. And, you know, the, the wife was like, well, she can stay in the old house and that can be her house, but I don't want her right. here. And I, I, again, I kind of go with it. She was probably had some special needs because I, I think she was a little bit of embarrassing for the wife and seemed to laugh mm. at inappropriate times. And supposedly she just never let this, this poor girl live with the, live at the house. And things mm. got even worse after the husband died. And so the husband died and he's buried there in Strasbourg. And, and that seemed to make things even worse because I think then like no one ever really visited uh, you know, his sister anymore. I think that her brother had and, and the wife wanted nothing to do with her. And so, you know, she died and some say that she died, uh, committed suicide, kind of wandered out of town and you know, drowned in a nearby stream. But after, in death, she got to go and stay in the house. And so her ghost supposedly haunts the house and she can be here laughing and giggling, but typically only with men. So she seems to like like to haunt the men that might visit the the mansion there. And, and again, I think just like she had, you know, in life, like if there was a cute man there, she might kind of giggle, finding him oh. attractive or something. Right. So, um, and I've had a couple of people go, "Well, I never heard a ghost," and, and well, people, there it is. Have, yeah, well, they're like, "Well, you're a woman, you're not right. going to hear it." <laughs> like, it's not it's good guy, yeah, she just didn't dig you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the ghost didn't find you attractive, That's I guess. So, don't take it personal. <laughs> That's the judge and, in the end. You got to go there. And in the stucco of the exterior of their building, there's some like little colored glass and, and stuff. And, and again, it could just be human brains are wired to see faces in things. But there sure. are definitely like three faces in the stucco. Oh, and I remember like, that now. Yes. And one's like a smiling face. And one's a laughing face. And... And one's like a not very happy face. And the story is like that. Those faces are pointed at the house that, you know, the sister lived in. And, and she just felt like they mocked her and, you mm. know, kind of, you know, really kind of feed, fed that paranoia of not being allowed to visit the house and the children right. and all of that. So she did it in death afterwards. Wow. Now, do, uh, do they have ghost tours of Lancaster or, and I know you, hey, you are. Yeah, they have two. Mm-hmm. there's a, a ghost tour of Lancaster. It's all the same group. And I did that one a few years ago. That was fun. And they, they kind of walk you around Lancaster and you get to see several of the spots and hear some ghost stories. And then the same group does like a ghost tour of Strasburg. And, you know, they kind of take oh, you up cool. main street and you just get to see the Gondor mansion and they take you to the cemetery there. And it's interesting. Like, again, they've got the family plot. So they're all buried there, the husband, the wife, and I think the two children now mm-hmm. and her grave is there, but her grave is facing the other way. So oh, even wow. in death, they like sort of ostracized, at least the wife, like ostracized her and pushed her the other way. So, you know, one kind of final dig there, even even after death, like so uh, it, we still don't want you visiting us. Is so it cool. then perpendicular to theirs or parallel and just her heads at the other it's, end? Or Yeah, it's sort of like. You can stand there and you can read all the tombstones, but the, the, the sisters is like you can't read her tombstone. So it's like facing the other way. You have to like go behind the graves and then you can read her gravestone. So it's huh. like 
wrong way. Like they just sort of turned their back to her. Right. Of- it's like she's she's facing west, so she wouldn't be able to rise for the. Uh, I forget what it's called <laughs> for when everyone's supposed to rise at the end of times and. Yeah. Yeah. When I was an archaeologist for years, um, uh, specializing in burial excavation, every once in a while we'd come to a burial like that and you always wonder what the actual story was i uh i went to archaeology con la- in january last year josh where, gates where have i been there's an archaeology con archaeology con they had a big it's their big archaeology convention and there was like two sides there was like the serious archaeologists that were doing presenting their papers sure and stuff. There was the tourist side, and they had, like, a thing for kids to kind of do. And so my son and I went, and they had a guy, like, in a Roman's costume, and you could check that out. And they were some rubbings. But Josh Gates went and spoke along with two other real archaeologists, and, and that was kind of the reason we uh, we went and, and checked that out. But um, the, the one lady was saying that she does a lot of excavations, and as soon as you find a body, you have to stop. And you call oh, yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. For and sure. if it's 80 years old, it's your problem. And if it's less than 80 years old, it's their problem. So right. Yeah, exactly. The police and the you know the CSI comes in and they make the determination. And if it's you know if it's more than 80, you can keep going. If not, yeah. well, it's a. Oh my gosh. So I didn't know that was pretty interesting. I'm like, oh, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't think people realize that Josh Gates is like 18 feet tall. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's like six five or something six seven. He's I got, huge. Uh, I got my picture taken with him, and he—I'm six foot. Yeah, he was a head of taller than I was. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I'm, a nice. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say he's a really nice guy. We we enjoyed doing that and meeting him, and he stopped and talked to all the everyone there at the event. So that was cool. Yeah, I met him once. Uh, he came here to Fort Delaware to do to to host one of the one of the ghost shows that were on there. I think unfortunately it was the the Zach. What's his name? Zach Graff, Zach Braff, whatever that guy, yeah. that nightmare. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was that one. They uh, they were they were kind of a nightmare to deal with, but uh, not Josh. Josh was great, and he's just just like he was on, just like he is on the show, and super nice guy. But where was the con? It was. I'm trying to think. We I think we were at the Marriott in downtown Washington. I um. Oh, that's great. It was close. It's close. Yeah. I don't know if it's in D.C. every year, but it's right. And I don't know. He just, you know, tweeted out or whatever, whatever social media it was. And he was like, hey, everyone, I'll be at, you know, Archaeology Con on this date. Come and check it out. And I was like, oh, wow, that's only, you know, two hours for me. So yeah. I can talk that. Well, I'll have to look for that. I'm sure it was probably virtual all this year anyway, but uh. Well, yeah, that was you know that was in January, so I doubt it's happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I probably won't this year. But now I know to keep an eye on, eye out for it because that sounds great. I don't know how I've missed that all this all these years. But it, Adam, it, oh yeah, go was, ahead. Yeah, it was neat. It was a neat thing because I've been to see him. I saw him talk once before. There was like you know a thousand people oh, there, yeah. and he just came out on stage. He waved, and that was you know, and that was the end of that. But this was I don't. know, There might have been two or three hundred of us there. And he stayed after, and anyone who wanted to talk to him or get their picture, he was fine with. So that was very cool. Yeah, that's very cool when they stay like that. Because he, you know, he, he could be a jerk if he wanted to, and be like some of these, 
you know, Discovery Show prima donnas. I won't name names. But uh, <laughs> no, he's great. He's really down to earth, and I love that because you know he's what I wanted to turn out as. <laughs> you know, but uh, if only you had uh, double drool majored in drama and archaeology. Maybe see, that I needed was. The, I needed the drama and the climb Kilimanjaro, and I would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Now I want to give you a chance to uh, plug what you're up to and what you're doing, and definitely let people know about the uh, the Uncharted Lancaster site. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Uh, so if uh, you're anywhere in the Lancaster area, and obviously if you're like Gary, you know Delaware is not too far away. You can go to unchartedlancaster.com, and you can spell that almost any way you want. I think I own all the domains, and they just redirect <laughs> to the right page. So that's that's fine. <laughs> Every time I look at like you know the weird search results, and like it shows you like the search results that forwarded people to your page, I'm like, oh, I better buy that one too. People are <laughs> typing that in. So, <laughs> uh, but you can go to unchartedlancaster.com, and it, it's kind of two sides. There's like the local history side of it, and I try and talk about interesting, maybe less known historical things here in, in Lancaster, and and then the flip side of that is as the is the adventure side, and often is sort of an incentive to visit these places, I uh, kind of create these little adventures. You've been on one at least, and yeah. and you get to go out and kind of explore this place. And I usually, there's treasure at the end, uh, you know, nothing real, uh, but, you know, you know, plastic gold coins or gems and stuff. And so that seems to really get the families excited and the kids going out. And, and I get a lot of messages uh, from, from people. And they're like, you know, my kid complains about walking to the mailbox to get the mail. <laughs> right. They walked four miles to oh, find yeah. this plastic gold coin and they didn't complain once. Like no, they are that was amazing. <laughs> you've, so. you've nailed it, man. They are so much fun and they're so cool. Uh, my, I was telling you, my son is 13 and he had a great time, but two of my buddies in their forties still message me going, that was the best adventure we've ever gone on. That was so much fun and so neat. And I would, for the people listening, we went on the uh, Tunnels of Enola. I think that's what it was called. Was it? Yep, Tunnels of Enola. Yeah, that's Tunnels right, of yeah. Enola. And I want to go back and do it again because we definitely messed up along the way, so we didn't get the code complete. And I think a couple of them we came in from the opposite side of where the where the tunnel designation numbers were, so we didn't get the number. And by that time, we're like, I don't even care if there's a reward. This is this is so much fun. Well, people message me all the time. They're like, oh, I'm struggling with the clue or the number, and so I just I feed. It. I'm like, all right, well here you go. <laughs> Happy right. adventure. I'm definitely um, doing that one again, and I want to do the uh, the Bosman Hollow. Well, I want to do all of them, and I didn't even start the side quest yet. So that. That's great. It's so much fun. Thank you for doing that because I know that must take incredible amount of time, and but it's so valuable to get kids excited, to get you know us us old guys excited and get us outside, get us moving and learn. So I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been a fun, it's a fun hobby, something to do in my spare time, and I, I get a lot of reward and enjoyment out of it, and just the you know just hearing things like what you said there, you know, means a lot and, and kind of makes me want to keep doing it. Oh yeah, and I will I will keep getting the word out there and then I'm just recently got a gimbal so I'm going to try and start moving some of these shows or at least doing side shows off of here for YouTube that will have more on location and video segments to go along with the podcast. So I will definitely be dragging you out to talk about different sites and uh perfect. Get it out there and going. But thank you for coming on Adam. Stay with us after I 
after I stop recording here and uh, we'll chat for a minute. All right, great. Thanks, Gary. You got you have Thanks a great day. Thanks for having day. me on today. Absolutely. And everyone, I'll be back uh, after the break. Fear is a strange thing. We as humans get scared of things that don't even exist. But we even get scared by real things or even other people. Join me, Christian Gonzalez, as we talk about the lore and legends that have haunted generations all over the world, and even the villains and crimes that are lurking amongst us, here on the Monsters of History. Hey, welcome back. What a great show. Again, I'm, I can't stress how much I love this site. Uncharted Lancaster, definitely go and check it out. And if you're in that area, if you're anywhere in the Delaware Valley area and you want to get out for a hike and you want to be able to bring the kids, check out Uncharted Lancaster, check out the adventures, check out the side quests. And they're all made for family. Some are definitely harder than others and longer than others. But there's really quite an assortment there of whether you have really young kids or whether it's an older family, you know, kid with grown kids, go check it out. Even if you're just a solo person or a couple or whatever, history geek like me, go check out Uncharted Lancaster and uh, and check out these adventures and the quests and the, the history that's there. And uh, get out as a family. Get outside. Turn off your phones. Take a phone with you cause, to be safe. But get off the phones. Get off the screens. Get away from the political nonsense. And, uh, and get out there because it is, it is so cool and it's so much fun. And a big thank you to Adam Zern for coming on the show. And uh, like I've mentioned, I've got some things coming up for uh, season three. I got another big guest and great show coming up uh, for a Friday the 13th episode in November. So we'll be recording on Friday the 13th and it'll go up. Uh, either the 13th or the 14th could be the 14th we'll see how quick i get to editing but uh i won't jinx it and say who's going to be on but a uh, big guest that i've wanted to have for quite a while so i'm very excited but uh again thank you for listening wherever you are in the world if you celebrate halloween have a wonderful and happy and very safe halloween at least now maybe everyone will wear a mask because it's halloween man wear a mask Follow protocols, and uh, whether you're out trick-or-treating or not, have a great time. Be safe and enjoy yourselves, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Oh, and that I always forget, if you'd like to contact the show, like I even say earlier in the show, contact me. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. I can't make changes if I don't know what's wrong. And I certainly can't brag about what's great if you're not telling me what's great. So contact the show if you have a story idea, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you just have an experience you'd like to tell me about, get on there, go to bizarroaficionado at gmail.com and check it out. And if you love the show and you'd like to help the show, Leave a comment, whether it's on Apple or Podbean or wherever you download your MP3s. It helps the show so much if you would leave a comment, leave a rating. Especially on Apple, that helps me considerably, and I would be much in your debt. 
So, uh, again, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a safe, happy Halloween, and I'll see you in November.